You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of every Premier League match week. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and today is our first episode of the 2020-21 season. So we decided we needed a very special guest to preview the upcoming season. Former Everton and US men's national team goalkeeper, Tim Howard, is here with us. Tim will be joining our studio coverage team this season and we couldn't be more excited to have him there and in the Two Robbies podcast as well. Tim, thanks so much for joining the team and thanks for coming on to our podcast. Gents, anytime. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the chat. Tim, before we go on to the, the five burning questions we've got ahead of this season, just wanted to get your thoughts on Everton Football Club. Um, have been active in the window, signed Alan, signed Decore, signed James Rodriguez, big signing for the football club. Couple of things, mate. Just for, for for your old team, are we are we at the stage where Everton most seasons seem to have a reason why this hasn't gone right or that? Are we starting to run out of excuses for Everton? Is is it time to start delivering for the Toffees? Yeah, I think so. Look, it's we ever since I left, um, and we had David Moyes there for uh, eight nine years, and then um, and beyond, and then Roberto came in, Roberto Martinez, and since then there's been a litany of coaches and a lot of money spent on those coaches and paying them off and bringing other other coaches in. And you know when you do that, you you have to buy their players, and then a new coach comes in, he doesn't like those players, and it just the list goes on and on. So yeah. we spent more money um, in the last four years than we spent in my time there, which is great, which means you're getting getting talented players, but when it's when it's so patchwork with the managers, there there becomes an issue. Look, I, I like Allen, I like Jaime Rodriguez, I like Decore. My my concern is with a guy like Jaime's yeah. massive clubs around the world. I, I, I love his talent. Yeah. I've also played in front of the Toffee Faithful. And doesn't matter how big you are, you've got to roll up your sleeves, you gotta be able to play, you gotta be able to dig in. And yes, his his class will take care of itself. But if he yeah. If he if he becomes flippant at any point in terms of I played at Real Madrid I played at Bayern Munich this isn't going my way forget I yeah. think I think the fans could turn on him quickly and now I hope that's not the case um, but I do believe that these players who have been recruited by Angelotti believe in Angelotti he's a winner he's been there he's coached big players and I and I and I truly believe that that they've been sold on the project that 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 Everton uh, is putting forward and look really big signings. Um, the time, the time now is to deliver um, because it's it's been too long since we've won anything um, and been really a reckoning force. Well, for many years they've been known as, or me and Steve Austin said they should be the best of the rest. So if, if they're not at that top four, top five, let's say, they should be ahead of Wolves. You know, competing with Leicester and Sheffield United. Is that what success is going to be for them this this season? Sort of finishing in the top of that the, the second Premier League. Yeah, look, I, it used to be it used to be whoever's outside the top four. Now the top four yeah. expanded to the top six and, mm-hmm. and beyond. But yeah, Everton, the the you know, at a bare minimum, you're, you're fighting to get into cup semifinals and finals, and you know, try and get your hand on the, on the trophy. 
having those deep cup runs, finishing in the top four, if, if at all possible, but but more realistically, can we get in the Europa League year year on, year, year out? That hasn't happened for a few years. It, it, it did for quite a while, uh, certainly in my 10 years there, um, but it hasn't happened in a long time. And, and, you know, Everton fans want at a bare minimum European football so they can travel and enjoy the fruits of their labour. Well, more to, more to come from Tim in the podcast, but for today's podcast, we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to ask five burning questions of the season coming up, and we'll, we'll end the podcast by teasing our relegation three, so the three teams we think will go down, and our four teams will, that will finish in the top four spots, and then we'll have a question who we think is, is going to win it. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, with that in mind, um, let's start off with question one. I thought you must be with um, Everton's biggest rivals, Liverpool. How confident are we that Liverpool can defend the title, go back to back? Yeah, I, I think they should be confident. I'm confident they can do it, Rob. I think the issues will be they've, have, of course, had two magnificent seasons, fantastic seasons winning the Champions League and the Premier League. And so close two seasons ago to winning the Premier League that season as well. Can they go again? Now, you look at the squad. Mm. um, And, of course, it's been a very quiet window so far. Um, They've got a brilliant squad of players. There's been talk about Thiago Alcantara going there from Bayern Munich. We'll see whether that happens. But you've still got that front three. They're still in the prime of their careers, if you like, Rob. They've still got a ton of good options in midfield. We know about the goalkeeper. We know about the back four. We know about the, the fullbacks that create so many opportunities for them in, in Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold. So, yeah, uh, you know, we know the manager is fired up. We know what sort of motivating guy he is. So mm-hmm. there will be concerns about lack of freshening up of the squad, if you like, in this window. There's still weeks to go on that. But I think, yeah, why not go and win it again? Tim, where do you stand uh, with, with Liverpool? Obviously, saw saw a lot of them last season. Is there any worries, in, and I'm interested in your view because I've got my own, is there any worries that, you know, once they won the title, it, it fell away a little bit, it wasn't quite a, a, as commanding as it was, or is that just a blip, is that human nature, is that to be expected? I think that's probably down to the, the 
quarantine and and the the breakup of the season, it was that they were never going to go strength to strength because it was such a, it was such a big massive gap. But look, I think with Liverpool is simply this: there's you know I don't think they've bought well. I, as as Musty said, there's still some time in the transfer window. I worry about I worry for them about the high press and the fatigue that that causes, having been so close two years ago, finally winning the title uh, this past season. And now the Bulls are on their back. It's it's really tough to, to see how teams react unless, uh, you know, always being the hunter is easier, believe it or not, than being the hunted. And it's it's impossible to know how a team is going to react um, when it's that when when it's that way, when they finally have the cup and every and everybody's uh, you know looking to get after them. Um, that being said, I don't think I've ever seen a team with so much belief in each other and, and, and a manager, you know, so this is now the other side of the coin. Um, if, if any team can continue to run away with it, uh, it would be Liverpool. And, and that's again, something that's in their back pocket is they didn't win by just a small margin. They, they, they won going away. And the gap that they created in the Premier League is, is so massive that it's on the onus is on the other teams yeah. to try and pull that gap back. To, to, to Tim's point, Rob, like yeah. with the fatigue and the, and the energy yeah. levels that they play with, what do you? What's your take? I mean, you can look at it a couple of ways. You know, the restart was a ton of games in a short period of time, yeah. and then not a massive break, and was doing it again. Yeah. Or you can look further back and think, well, all these players had three months yeah. off, no yeah. matches. Where are you on the Liverpool kind of motivation, and energy levels going into a new season? A couple of things on that. So I agree. I'm less worried about. I think bringing in the right person is more important than just bringing in somebody, I think, in that football club. I think Jurgen Klopp's a very, very smart manager. We see the goofiness, see the clowning, we see the hugging, but he's a smart tactician. He looks at detail. He's got the throw-in coach, looks at all the different elements that he can. So where am I with, with, with the press? That I think, Rob, if you don't change your personnel, what you might do now and then is change your system. Play a slightly different way. Could he play with a diamond? Minamino, we've seen, to come in. Could, could Firmino drop in a diamond to go 4-4-2 diamond? Could they change, still get the wide players going outside? Could, could he bring something different on, other, on certain days when we're not going the full out, when we, we're not going with that full intensity? Over two seasons, 196 points, only four games lost. This team have got a habit and an understanding of how to win Premier League football games. He's turned them from a great cup team to a great league team. I think he stands them in good stead to go again. Do you know, do you know what? Just following on that point, Rob, and again, I'm kind of speculating in the market, but when yeah. there was talk of Thiago, and it seemed like this could really happen, yeah. on the back of Gini Wijnaldum, that mm. looks like he could be leaving for Barcelona. Barcelona. If that switch happens, and, and one might be lead to the other one, yeah. We might see a pretty different Liverpool role because Thiago isn't. They're about they're polar opposites in terms of midfield players. When Adam's so important with that energy of covering, of allowing them front three to stay high, where Thiago is a footballer, they they could be a very different looking team if that trade happens, and that might give them that 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 difference, that boost of something new that might re-energize. I mean that. I mean. I just, I mean, some ways I'd like to see that transfer. I yeah. know you're tinkering with a proven method, but Thiago, mm. uh, that changes the way Liverpool play. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I, I kind of feel like the the entire, and this isn't a disrespect to them as footballers, the entire Liverpool midfield is based off of energy. I mean, the team is based off of energy. Yeah. As you said, 
Tiago is a footballer, and can he can he add that mm. can he add that spark of energy? Does he have it in this tank? But if that ends up happening, and and Gigi Vinaldum leaves, Tiago comes in. That then says to me, uh, Robbie Earl, to your point, that that Klopp may have something up his sleeve in terms of similar personnel, but maybe we just tweak things a little bit here and throw everyone a curveball. Mm. Yeah, he, he can chuck Salah up front. He's done Mane. We've seen those red take positions. Just think he might come with a couple of different ways of, of, of breaking teams down, especially if they sit deep. And, and that's one of the areas where we've, we've said Liverpool struggle a little bit against maybe some of the, 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 the bottom teams. Do you think he should look for a striker, guys? You know, for me, you know, somebody different. I know Origi and stuff, and but but some. I would like. I would like. A, I would have liked a striker in there, Rob. I, I would just like the mix to be different of, of those front players. I think everything mm-hmm. else can take care of itself. We, we when we went, we were fortunate last season just to, to to bring Tim into the picture. Where we we visited Liverpool, didn't we? Just before uh, the season started, sat down with Jordan Henderson, sat down with Joe Gomez, sat down with Jurgen Klopp. And back then, we were wondering, having gone so close and won the Champions League, what what would what would be the thought? We both came away. We met, we jumped in a car and we said, "They're up for it again this year. They're, they're flying." I sense they're up for it again. I sense they feel like, okay, it took us thirty years to win one. Mm. Let me show you how good we are. We're going to win another. That, that, I just get that sense around the football club. Yeah, and I'll just add one. I'll, I'll ask Tim a question that we've talked about Rob a few times and. And there's a few, obviously championship teams are made up of all, all different parts of it. But I think we'd all probably agree that the special elements are those wide scoring forwards, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. Tim, is there any way that they don't perform or deliver the production numbers that they've done over the last couple of years, particularly for this season? Because it's so critical for the way that they play. Well, yeah, look, I, I, don't, I don't see a drop off, not with those players, not the way they play. The system is tapered to them or vice versa. When we talk about bringing in another striker or someone else up front, if it's not broken, they're not going to fix it. Yeah. With Firmino and Origi, although we on the outside might want to see something different, they've been blessed in terms of those three or four players to not have missed many games due to injury. Yeah. Always yeah. have those guys fit for selection. So I think in their mind, there's no reason to go buy a striker to, to, to boost, to bolster the squad. Now, if they, if they run into problems and I touch wood, I don't want anyone to get injured. If they run into injuries, then yes, they might have to do that in, in in the January window. But I can't see them changing up, and and I don't see I don't see the production dropping again unless their motivation is down, yeah. which it doesn't seem to be. Uh, I, I can't see. I, I think the production is going to be just as high. Mm. Okay, so that, that's Liverpool. Let's move it on to to Manchester City. Um, some difference behind Liverpool. I think it was 17, 18 points uh, difference between the two teams. Have they done enough to to win it back? Um, not yet for me, Rob. Not yet. I mean, you know, we know the market's still open. We know the money they've got. We know that, you know, Messi was something that might have been a possibility. That's gone now. It looks like Messi's going to stay at Barcelona. Um, when you look at what they've done in the market, mm, you know, it's, it's a, Ake is a, is a good, is a good defender. I like him a lot. Okay. Um, Ferran Torres will find out what kind of wide player he is. He's a, a, a dribbling, young, very, you know, maybe, I guess, replaced with Leroy Sane. It's just defensively that my issue is, and I'd love to get Tim's take on, you know, yeah. we know last year, Tim, they lost, I don't know what the number is now, but they lost a lot of league games. Um, they nine, scored a ton of goals. They lost nine league games. I mean, you look at the, the, the goals, they scored more than anybody else. Yeah. The goals against Colum wasn't bad. 
It's just they lost games and lack of concentration, key moments. Defensively, we said on the show lots of times, Tim, that, that Vincent Company, Laporte's injury, those two guys not being there was a massive factor. I guess two questions for you. Nathan Ake, can he be the guy that can bring him back to a good defensive situation? Or is it the focus, the defensive focus of the coach, Pep Guardiola, that, that in times when their football's not blimmin' perfect, they get caught on transition and they end up losing points in games? Uh, you look, you've, you've nailed it there. My, my issue for City is they're joking if they, if they think they can even come close to win, uh, losing nine games. Liverpool set such a high standard. That basically, look, if, if you're not willing to... You're not willing to go almost unbeaten or unbeaten. You're going to have a problem. Now, listen, I think Liverpool will lose more games this season, even though I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in um, their ability. But they're not going to lose nine games. I can assure you that. And so, and so City's got all the work to do. And as you said, if the, if the game plan and, and footballing blueprint isn't perfect for City, they do get exposed. Do I like Nathan Ake? Yeah, I do. I, I like, But I like John Stones, too, and I like Laporte, and I like, I like these defenders. I don't think he's that much – better or dominant than the defenders that they brought in. The system leaves them a bit vulnerable, a, a lot vulnerable at the back. And so that's where that's where the major concern comes in. Hmm. See, see, I think Nathan Arke, is, uh, I agree with Tim, is a good player. I think he, he makes them better. He doesn't solve their problem. Hmm. The guy who solves their problem is the guy, when things aren't going right, is talking to the midfield player from get in here and sit here. The guy who's making sure wingers have got the position, the guy, the personality who changes the way that that back four work, that that back four think. That the moment when they're attacking, that guy's organising things at the back, so we're not going to get caught out. I still think they miss that Manchester City and Leon showed in the Champions League. There's a vulnerability when they give the ball away to be played up against. Fernandinho for me is is such a key player, and I I don't like when he plays in the. the either as a centre-back in, in a two or a three, because he does a job because he's a great bubble, but it's not his best position. His best position is in that holding midfield. But I just looked before we came out, he's 35 years of age. So eventually he catches up on us all and he, he does. He still gets across the pitch well. He tactically reads things brilliantly. But he's so key to being in the middle of the park and stopping things. I still worry about Manchester City defensively. I'm concerned that Manchester City won't lose, will we'll lose too many games to probably win the title. I still think there's too many off days coming for City. I think some of that kind of difficult to score against is going a little bit. I think teams will start to feel, listen, if we do well, we know they're going to have a load of ball, but if we hit them well on counter-attack, as Wolves did last year, Norwich beat them last year, Southampton beat them last year, I think teams are going to get more confidence playing them. Well, this is my this is my issue with, with them. If you were if you were telling me City's losing to Liverpool and or Chelsea, okay, mm. fine. You, you can you can compete yeah. at the high end, but you can't lose to those teams. You can't lose to Southampton and Norwich and, and expect to even have a chance at, at the championship. Look, I think that when you talk about Fernandinho at his best, right, mm. barking orders and who was behind the company, right, and so now you now you really had a rock solid spine. In, he's 35. It's a young man's league. Yes, he can still get about because he's a good footballer, but they ha- they haven't replaced him. And as you said, that's probably the most important part. Yes, get get Ake in there and and, and some better center center backs. But the sixth, the guy who's in the hole holding, has got to be replaced. 
Just, just, just. I'm going to put on my my Robbie Earl kind of head right now. So what he does, Tim. Rob, Robbie is a lot more kind of gut feeling and that right about things. Mm. I'm going to put my head on now, and and what I want to say is, I just don't have a good feeling for Man City. No, you no. look at the disappointment in the Champions League. No, no. You look at you know like the the messy thing that might have been, and now he's not gone. Leroy Sane is gone. Pep Guardiola, another season for him. I don't think he's been at a club as long as this. So. It, it, is there a few things that I think that just kind of take away the excitement from those players, Tim, and the and the edge that we saw in the early years in the Pep and City, that excitement for his message and well, enthusiasm? Let's remember, they've lost David Silver out of the dressing room, yeah. a 10-year veteran, pillar, yeah. you know, company last season, we saw Ismus. David Silver this year, we see Ismus. Young Phil Foden, who we hope's got a bright future, already had a slight misdemeanor with England, we've seen that, that We've seen how those things can affect players coming into a league, you know, up, although the fans aren't in there now, but there's a little bit of pressure back on phone, bit of a glare that he didn't need, you know, got himself in an let, uncomfortable... Let me, let me drop this in there. And talking to some of the City players who have played for Pep, um, yeah. to your point about how long he's, he's now been there, Pep rides players. Pep is hard on players every day in training. He's intense. Mm. And it's really good when you win your one, two, three, Right. But when you're now up against it and you have to win, does does that longevity and that intensity do, does it start to fall on deaf ears for the players who have been there a while? Can he can he still motivate those players because he does it? He does it brimstone and fire, and he's in their face. And but the players have told me it, that that wears on you over the course of a season and then two or three seasons. So, hmm. I mean, for me, and we'll get to the predictions at the end of, of our show. But it, it's it's the last year of Pep in his contract. It's either going to go really well. I feel, or pretty bloody badly. Um, yeah. You know, if Koulibaly signs, guys, in the next couple of weeks, Koulibaly could change. He could yeah. change everything. I mean, so there's there's obviously stuff to do. We'll get into it a bit later. But interesting times, you know, whether Pep. Can we move on, I just want to mention, well, they have got oh, the best player in the league, Kevin De Bruyne, yeah. won the PFA Player of the Year. Just give him a mention of, of obviously that award. And he's driven. I heard him saying, you know, we've got to get back to winning titles, and that's why I'm staying at the football club. You know, the ban that, that could have been in place in, in Europe hasn't. So, positivity for City. They'll believe they'll believe in that dressing room they can win it. But one of the things I think, just to, to add to this, is you can't afford a poor start in this Premier League. I think you're going to win it. Any yeah. of those teams who think, you know, Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, whoever, you've got to hit the ground running and start off, you know, go 10 games unbeaten if you want to win this Premier League. Yes, massive start. Robbie, let's move it forward, my friend. What's the next question? Uh, question three. Are Chelsea or Manchester United in place to challenge for a title? Let's start with Chelsea, Rob, because they've been pretty much a story, haven't they, of this thing? I mean, ridiculous. I mean, back to the early Abramovich days, spent outspending everybody, looking for key targets, giving the manager what they want. It's only Frank's second year in charge of a Premier League team. Pressure was slightly off him last year with no transfers into the football club. A lot of young players breaking through. Very different start and expectations this year, my friend. Just just exciting. I mean, these are brilliant signings with players that, of course, as we all know, we've all been there and we've all had teammates coming in from different countries. You never know that some of these guys will settle. But given if they can settle well, I mean, this exciting period. We saw this before, Rob, as you said, Abramovich, early years at Chelsea, big money, on good young players that stayed at the club and did yeah. great work for a period of time. Ed Nazar being the prime example. Yeah. In yeah. Timo Werner, Money. 
Frank was one of them, really. Signed from West Ham. Yeah. So it, it, by spending the money now, he's retooling the squad. Mm. But in blimmin' exciting, proper, in, in a lot of ways, proven players at the highest level to take Chelsea forward for the next five or ten years. I mean, in, in terms of Lampard's pressure, of course, there'd be more expectation, Rob, given this lineup. I mean, the front three or four. I mean, there's some tremendous options there. Um, wow. Uh, you know, whether we get into individuals today or not, yeah. Kai Havertz, oh, yeah. I've seen of him, could, could be a special player in this league for many, many years. Um, but it's going to be to Frank Lampard to find the balance. And, and Tim, I'll throw it back to you on the, on the balance of things. Hmm. I think we all agree there's some great signings there. But Frank, they, had, they conceded a lot of goals, Chelsea, last season. Do you think he will learn from that and, and tweak the way they play in some way or just think, you know what, we've got so many great players, let's just, just be expansive and, and try and score a ton of goals. I think he will I think he will tweak the way they play. Look, you, you mentioned it. The, not only did they bring in big signings, they're, ex, they're experienced and proven signings. Like mm. Havertz and Werner are going to score goals. Like we know that. That's that's not even in, in, in yeah. question. Uh, Ziyech from, from Ajax. He's gonna get on the ball. He he knows what it's like to be kicked about the football pitch. So he he'll adapt really well and really quickly. So that part won't won't be an issue. That there'll be goals up front. I think he will tweak a bit to not be too expansive. I ultimately think Chelsea's Achilles heel is gonna be their goalkeeper. If if Kepa has to play an entire season for them, he is he is liable uh, at, at all costs. And I and I just I don't love I don't love that for them. But they have enough going forward. Um, and in the heart of the midfield to really make some noise. Has he been that bad, Tim? I, I can't make my mind up. I've asked the same question. Yeah. I see things go in, and I think, are we being a bit harsh against him there? Something might fly in from 25, and people go, oh, he hasn't moved his feet, oh, he ain't got... Is he one of those keepers, because of maybe what happened in the League Cup, he didn't come off, maybe because of the amount of money? Do we judge him a little bit differently? Or, I mean, you would know. You, you, you would see something in him, either good or bad. Yeah, look, look, the League Cup was a farce. He'd have been out of the football club the next day other than the fact that he lost a trillion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think the price tag also lends itself to us feeling like he should be doing better. But beyond that, I, no, I don't think it's harsh. I think he's I think he's been wishy-washy in goal. I think he makes some, some top saves, which probably he should make for a goalkeeper with, with of that caliber. And then – too many, too many balls go past him that I that I just think he can do better on. It just it's he flaps at things. He's a bit wishy washy. So again, for me, I'm I'm not I'm not sold on it. I don't think it's harsh. But again, the price tag was high, and I think the reason he wasn't out of the football club was that his price tag was so high you could you couldn't you had to slap him on the wrist for what he pulled in the, in the league cup. Good mm. policy. Having done what he's done um, so far, obviously, unfortunate to get injured in, in the FA Cup, but. Is he almost a starter now? Yeah, yeah. I, I think with the it was interesting, right? He wasn't one of Frank's guys, and then as you both at a certain point, a man, you get you gain a manager's trust by playing lights out all the time, being counted. On. He, he he made the most of his reserve role. He'd come in, he'd get a key assist on on a few occasions, and then he got his hat trick. He's just been he's been sensational. He finds those little pockets. He's wriggly. He rides tackles really well because you think you look at him, you think he's going to get kicked all over the park here. And, and, and he doesn't. And so I, I think, Frank, it's one of the first two or three names on the team sheet. And hats off to Christian. He's been, he's been absolutely sensational for them. And I, and I expect a massive year for him. Tim, the only thing I've got, the only thing, and we've gone, we've talked a lot about Pulisic, of course, over, over the last season. Of course, now we've seen the moments, right? So we know what he's capable of. 
Uh, what I would say, and we've chatted about it, I just want to get your feel on it, is, is can, he, can he be a guy, Tim, that a club like that, that he can be relied on, not every game, nobody can do that, but, but, but really consistently producing the assists and the goals and be a first guy on the team sheet and be that star player more than, which is fine initially for, for, for him, to, to come in and show, do brilliant things and score great goals and then maybe go off the ball a little bit. Well, that's a curse of the American player, right? And I and I, I say that with all due respect. If he if he was Dutch or Italian, we'd be continuing to sing his praises and say, you know, he's on every every billboard and he, and he has to do it. Uh, he has to be on the team sheet. As an American, you have to have really one really good season and then follow it up with another nine really good seasons. That's just that's just the way it is, right? Um, and so, look, he's he's up for it. He's got the right he's got the right mentality. Um, that's all he you know he he eats, sleeps, and breathes football. So he's going to do it. It's just a matter now he, that that he gets thrown into the fire. Frank's going to give him the opportunity. We know that he's played. He's played too good not to. Uh, but he'll, he he won't get the benefit of the doubt. And I, and again, I say that with all due respect. Uh, you know, as an American player, you have to continue to do it uh, year in and year out. I, I would put him in, in similar. I think I said to Musty one time last year to to Raheem Sterling, who was at Liverpool. People used to think uh, you know M product. He went under Pep. He learned. Now he's become a provider, assist maker, tactically smart, strong mentality. I think Christian can be that guy from the wide position. He, he's pace, he can eliminate you off the dribble, he's got good finishing ability. You know, getting 15 goals from that, those wide positions a season and being a real influence on, on that wide area. Yeah, this, this is going to be massive for him in terms of, look, he's not, he's, he's not new to the game. He, he's mm. been at Dortmund and now he's at another massive club in Chelsea. But this season for him, as you said, 10 to 15 goals will really start to solidify that conversation uh, and move it forward. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Let's move on to one of your former teams then, Tim. Manchester United. Um, Danny van der Beek, I think how we pronounce it, has been bought in. We do believe there's more business to come. The Jaden Sancho thing keeps rumbling on whether he'll actually join the football club or not. Where are we with Manchester United and how close they could get to winning a title, challenging for a title? I still think they're far off challenging. Um, when I spoke to uh, the, 
the last game I saw live was was Manchester United Everton. I got a chance to catch up with some backroom staff who are still there all these years ago since I, since I left. And one of the things they said, they, they talked about Bruno Fernandes, and, and he scored that day. And they yeah. said, he's been fantastic. But if we want to compete like this football club is supposed to compete, we need more players like him. You know, so Danny Van Der Beek, that's a, that's, that's a good signing for them. Um, but I still think even people around the football club will say they need more. You know, the Paul Pugbas and players mm-hmm. like that, that's – there's too much of a there's too much of a glamour culture there. It's not the it's not the Manchester United of old, and so they still need a few more footballers who who are willing. To, as you look at you know, if, if I were to compare Fernandez to Pogba, it's just he doesn't have the, the big name, and he just gonna, he's going to put in the work, and he's going to put in the performances, and he's going to get the end product. It's not just going to be one sensational goal here or there. So they need a few more of those, and the fact that I don't think they'll get him in before the window closes um, makes me a little bit reluctant to think they'll be competing at the top top end. Yeah, I think I think the main worry now with the United fans is they wanted to see they want to see more signings, Rob. I mean, Van der Beek, you know, again, we've talked about with Van der Beek because isn't he more of a box to box once he gets forward a little bit? So for me, he's like he's like um, under Herrera. Remember Herrera? He can do a little bit of everything, can't he? He can be creative. He can spot a pass. He's he's got a good mentality i think he's got a good energy he's not he's not defensively no. really really cute but, so but you that for them then yeah when you look at what else they've got in that midfield in that club rob they've got the likes of matic tom and to give the the legs there Solskjaer should be able to find a way depending on what game they play different makeup of teams you might play van der beek alongside pogba with bruno fernandez against teams apart the bus or you might need mctominay and matic in other games so he should be able to find the mm. right balance, given those options. Mason Greenwood, Rob, again, uh, had a brilliant, almost like a breakout season for, for him last year. We saw again, a bit like Phil, with Phil Foden, fell out of, um, you know, a little bit of immaturity around the England setup that he, he held his hand up and said he's wrong. And it, hopefully we can move forward with that. But is that just a little reminder that 18 years of age, we might be expecting a little bit too much. You know, we're, everyone's thinking 15, 20 goals this season, playing a big part of the Premier League. Might that be the case that he is not quite as ready as, as, as we think? Well, a couple of things, Rob. So there's two two sides to that for me. Should we expect him to, to behave with England? Absolutely, yeah. I don't care how old he is. I don't mm. care how old he is. My goodness, if I ever got the chance to put on that England shirt and be involved, I, you know, I... I, I I, I, so I'm I'm really disappointed with a pair yeah. of them for getting into trouble. Yeah. The other side of it, the football side of it, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe the expectation's massive. When, when he bursts onto the scene, uh, you know, everybody's saying how the potential of this, this mm. kid could be in the future. Mm. It's a little like other forward players in Rashford and Martial. I, I still, even though they've got 17 goals each, Martial and Rashford, I still, yeah. Tim, feel that there's a little bit of, consistency issues if they got the mental toughness and Greenwood of course will be expected he's so young have they got the mental toughness and determination to be consistent to get close to those from the the the, the top two or whoever's going to be in the Premier League to challenge the title given their relative youth no no they don't no, I, look I think they'll have some firepower up front for sure and, and I think it'll be it'll be by committee you know it'll be a collection of players scoring scoring Eight nine goals here there that that, that will that will take care of itself. I look Fred, do me a favor. I've got some Manchester United, <laughs> and they just tell me, you know, you want to talk about overspend. You know, they think if they spend two pounds on it, they'll overspend. He's just 
he's just not up for it, you know, for me. Matic, a player who I love, again, getting a bit older, as we talked about with Fernandinho, does a brilliant job of just plugging holes, but he, he can't really get about anymore. And not that he'd be, he would be expected to. Tommy, look, good, good young player. Uh, I think he's got a bright future, but that's not about competing at the top end this year. I, I think I think the midfield and certainly defensively, they will struggle. And when I say struggle, will they compete for the top four? Yeah, I think they will, but that's not good enough at Man United. So just just on that, I just was, was I'm interested in your in your thoughts and, and your experiences of, of being a Manchester United player. Just kind of tell us a little bit more about you know a Greenwood or a Rashford who's come through or, or, or a new player moving to the football club. The demands of, of being a Manchester United player, what it takes. It's not just actually what you do in the ninety minutes, but it's, the seams. And Gary Neville talked about it. I've heard it a number of times. There's much more to being a Manchester United player than just pulling on the shirt. Yeah, Gary Neville and Real Ferdinand and Roy Keane, they talk about it so eloquently. It, there's there's so much history at that football club and there's so much expected because they've been on top for so long. So you can't come in as a young player and just and, and just uh, you know make up the numbers and get on your Instagram. And that's kind of been, been the knock on on these guys. There's more. There's there's roots in that football club and um and, and you have there is a maturity about about uh, playing for for a club with that with that type of rich history, and I don't, I'm not sure that that the newer, younger players embrace that. Now, that being said, I went into a team at Manchester United, which was they were the treble winning team, right? And there were all these players that had been there for ten years and through the '90s, and so you can't, you're not allowed to not know the history, you're not allowed uh, to act irresponsibly, and if you do, forget the manager, the players, the players will sort you out, and and you wonder within that dressing room, does that actually happen? We've yeah. talked a lot about the, uh, some of the, the areas of the team, Tim. We've got to get your take on David De Gea and the issues that he's had, whether he can come back and be magnificent again or whether the arrival of Dean Henderson back from loan from Sheffield United mm-hmm. will have the desired effect. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know if there's a desired effect there for, for bringing Dean Henderson back. I genuinely think Dean Henderson will get a chance this season. Uh, for a long time, and rightfully so, with players, you're allowed to give them the label of having potential. And David De Gea had potential. He fulfilled most of it. And then he became world-class. Um, he's not world-class anymore. He's not. You know, if we talk about the top 10 goalkeepers in the world. You're not putting him in there. You know, and just based off the back of his performances, I don't know if it's stagnation. He's been, he's been at the club too long. He needs to move. I, I don't know. But I, I think by this season's end, um, Dean Henderson will be will be um, the Manchester United goalkeeper. I, I genuinely believe that because he has he has England aspirations. He played fantastic last year. There's no need for him to come back. The only reason he's come back is because United have plans for him. So, do you think David De Gea's time is coming to an end then at Manchester United's number one? Very much so. Hey, that's a big call. Yeah. Well, look, why, why can't he get back to him? Why? Why? Why can't he? I mean, some of the goals you saw him concede, but the ball's going through his hands. It's just inexplicable. Something in his personal life, off the field, can't he get back to where he was? Yeah, look, goalkeepers and goal scorers, uh, they, 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 they fall the same fate. When, when you're a goalkeeper and you have potential, you get the rub of the green, you get the benefit of the doubt. Once there's a chink in the armor and, and, and you start fumbling balls and balls are going through your hands, then people are just waiting for the next. You can have 10 good games. They're just waiting for the next mistake to say, hey, look, this guy's mistake prone. And it's it's so difficult. It's so difficult to live that down. So difficult, and I, and that's you basically have to be perfect, and no one's perfect, right? So once you get that 
that moniker, that label, I think it's very difficult. And, and, and again, bringing Dean Henderson back tells me a lot. Do you think Henderson will handle the pressure at United, Tim? You've been there, mate. I mean, is it going to – is he going to be able to handle that? I've been there, and I cracked like an egg. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, look, he's, he's, he's young. You take, you take his, his, uh, his words as being arrogant. I like that. I think that, that youth is powerful, that naivety, that arrogance is, is powerful. You need to have broad shoulders. You need to be a good actor when you play for Manchester United to, to let people know that, that – all the background noise, all the criticism doesn't bother me. I'm going to push on. I'm going to be an England goalkeeper. So I think right now he has that, and that's going to certainly be on his side. Definitely an interesting time. as probably coming up this season for all his team. I think there will be a couple of additions before, I think, October 5th deadline. But we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and see how Manchester United go. Let, let's move it south, uh, Musty, to North London. Um, Tottenham Spurs, two teams were out the top four picture last season. Two teams building, new managers, transition, all that stuff. Who's better equipped to start? From Tottenham's point of view, can we start to expect a little bit more from Jose now? He's had a, he's had a bit of time. He's had a window. He's had a pre-season. Should we start being seeing something a little bit more? Yep. Listen, we said it last year, Rob, at whatever point, that he'll be yeah. judged on this season. Yeah. I think he knew what he was going to get this window, and that's not the budget and the amount of players mm-hmm. he normally gets. You know, Hoiberg, I kind of like him from Southampton, but he's a Southampton player. Matt yeah. Doherty, I really like as well. Two sensible, kind of uh, reliable um, Jose types, really. N- not fancy. They'll do their job. There's still a lot of good front players at that football club, Rob. We know yeah. that, that Kane, you, you still worry about him with some of his an- ankle issues and injury issues, his, his terrible hamstring issue that he seems to be over. Um, but now is the time, a, a time to prepare for his measures to get across. And it's funny, I'm not sure how many viewers or listeners are, are watching the Amazon Prime series All or Nothing with Tottenham Hotspur at the moment, but they, they're kind of releasing a few episodes. The ones I've seen, I've seen the first four, almost in every meeting, Mourinho, Robbie Earl, is, is yeah. like this. He's like, he's trying to, embrace, trying to get over to be winners. Like, nice guys don't do anything. We've got to win. Make sure we win the game. They're going to come at us with fire. We've got to be ready. It seems to me that he really does think that the team needs a bit of uh, mental toughness, winning mentality, and I guess the results in in recent years maybe back that up. What do you think? Well, it's interesting. And Tim made out, I thought, a really interesting point about Manchester United when he talks about the Gary Nebs and and the Roy Keynes and the people in that dressing room. Because... I, I wrote down for, for my, my Spurs, but I think it's a, it's, a, it's a huge season for Jose and for this team. Obviously, can this team, Rob, take that step? We saw them under Pochettino. They played a certain way, but they could never quite get the job done. They've got a Mourinho man who does get it done now. Maybe doesn't play as, as good a football and, and as good on the eye. And, and I said, or, or, are, or are this group nearly men? Are they good footballers on good days, you know, international players, but nearly men. And, and, and Tim made the point where he talked about the Roy Keynes and the Gary Nevilles and the Bruce's and the old, old guard. And that's when Mourinho was at his best. When he went at Chelsea and that old guard, it was us against the world and he turned that group into winners. Does the modern day player react to some of the things we're seeing? Can Mourinho's ways work on young 20-year-old players who might have a different mindset, who don't necessarily buy into some of that aggression and, and, and killer instinct. Uh, look, Tottenham and Jose Mourinho, I think they are what they are. They, I, they don't, 
I don't see it. I don't see Look, Are they going to run like this in parallels and, and not? Yeah, look, Joe, Jose Mourinho, he, I always say he's got a shelf life at clubs of three years, right? He'll eventually start a fight with Harry Kane or, or the board. He, he, he likes to, he likes to, as you said, pound his fist and make and, and make something out of nothing. You know, we talk about he, – he talks about this team needing more resilience. We didn't say that two years ago when they had this incredible run to the Champions League final, right? You, you, you'd say they were pretty mentally tough to stay in games. And I think what more, my worry is – and, and Robbie, you, you pointed out Pochettino. It was such a different style. The, the nucleus of this team is, is Pochettino. It, it is it is free-flowing football, very tactical. And when you get a manager who, who with a lot of similar players, right, say, look, we're, we're not going to park the bus, but we're going to park the bus. We're going to roll our sleeves up. We're gonna, I'm not sure that's going to translate. And when that doesn't translate, things go really bad for Jose Mourinho teams in terms of, you know, I, I look, I'm not trying to say – if the end is near for him, but it's you know it's getting close. If this if this season doesn't work out, we've he's shown he's not going to stick around very long. Interesting, interesting take, Tim. I mean, I I, uh, I think that he what he's trying to do is transition this team to the way that he wants them to play and to be. And no question, it is going to be very different to Pochettino team. The only thing that that I think we always um, what we respect about Mourinho is the results. And we know that since taking over from Spurs, since his time there, they would be, they're a top four team. That's what's fascinating about this. It's fascinating, Rob, that, that the top two, Liverpool and Man City, you know, we talked earlier, haven't done much. All the others have. And Spurs have got a little better with more time, yeah. with yeah. given the results that he's had since his time there. So I, I got, I'm a little different to Tim. I think there's a little bit more mileage yet. I think there's a little bit more mileage in yeah. this project with Mourinho and where it might go, but no question, this is the season where there has to be some progression and a quick start and standing around that top four, which is, of course, going to be incredibly difficult. Um, But given the budget and everything else, you know, I'm interested to see how it looks. And it won't look great. And, we, you know, we see that week in, week out. But his his, his mentality of clean sheets and aggression and sneaking goals and counterattacking kind of has worked for him over the years. I can't wait to see this season and how it's going to finish from this year as well. well. Just on this, I just wanted to point out, and it was, I think, a point you talked about um, in, a, in, a, in a chat we had this morning about managers can change mentalities of, of, of players and teams. And it's a really interesting point. To, so, to that point, to be where they need to be, Spurs, can Eric Dyer become more John Terry? Can he turn that? Can, can Deli Alley become his Frank Lampard? Frank was a. Frank was a killer around the penalty box. Frank shot and drove forward and made runs and was consistent. You know, Didier Drogba was, was his man up front. Can Kane be that guy who doesn't get all the service, who's not going to have great football? Those questions, those are the big questions for me because that turns Spurs into a different team, another level team. That's a bit I'm not sure. Well, I'm, I'm, go on, Tim. I'm not sure that, that, he, that Mourinho has the belief in Dyer. I, I hear what you're saying. I think mm-hmm. in stature, Dyer fits that mould. I don't... Jose doesn't seem to have the belief in, in Eric Dyer that that he's I, a four-year deal, didn't he? So he's he's he's, he's got to be around the football club. He, he started him in midfield, and I think he wants to love Dyer, and he he, yeah. and he played him straight away in midfield, and he was not mobile, didn't do very well. But Dyer said he wants to be a centre back, yeah. and I think we're going to see Dyer lined up mm. as centre back next to Alderweireld this season. Um, that's where he wants to play, and and you're right, Rob. Whether he can turn into that guy, I don't know. And 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 just back on that point, I'll get Tim's point and. It, of how much a manager can influence the players, Tim, and, and and when a different manager goes into a dressing room, how different can they be? 
or they always going to be what they are deep down, and that will come out at some point. They'll always be what they are. Look, to counter my point, you, you make a great one. I, I think that you know, they're, they're since Jose has taken over, their form has been a top four form, and there's no doubt he'll he, he'll be leaning on them all all of all of preseason, all of all of the break. Once he gets his team back together, he, he'll he'll be saying, "Listen, guys." We're not far off it, and here's why. Yeah. I'm not making this up, and so he'll he'll be hammering that point home. But look, I, I do. I think I think Jose Mourinho and any other manager who's successful are themselves. Deep down, they are themselves, and they they're not going to change too much. Why would they change too much? They, they 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 had success, and if Jose Mourinho, who's had success, went to Manchester United and then gets sacked, he's going to look at that and go, "Oh, that's a one off. I'm a successful manager. Forget forget that. I'm going to play the way I want to play." And so, um, you know, can he continue that at times? Yeah, interesting. Let's turn the glad on the other team in, in North London. Um, an FA Cup and a Community Shield to boot since we, we last um, spoke about them and the season finished. Mikel Arteta, Rob, seems to be getting things right, building a bit of confidence, getting trophies, which is important, United's team. Aubameyang still at the football club at this moment and all the uh, signs seem that there, there's conversations and he might be signing a contract. How far is progression with Arteta? Do we have to be a little bit more patient with him than, than maybe some Arsenal fans would hope? Yeah, I mean, just, just to reference our last conversation, he's changed certainly the organisation of the squad and the team, but I would say some of the mentalities, they look like they're more organised now. They look like they want to they work without the ballers with it. I think the FA Cup final in the, the Community Shield wins show they're happy to play defensively at times and counter-attack. Mm. Do I would I like to have seen, and there's still time yet, more additions to the squad? Yes, I would. Gabriel, I think, is going to be an excellent signing. Saliba's back at the football club. I mean, he's two very young centre backs. So over the period of this season, guys, we could see a different looking backline for Arsenal. Aubameyang, it's obvious how huge he is. And apparently he's on the brink of signing it. I think yeah. Arsenal fans want him to sign it. My son yesterday said to me, have you seen that tweet that, that Man United... Yeah, uh, I mean, that's it. There was a little rumour of him maybe signed the contract the Arsenal fans are saying because he's so good, such a proven goal scorer. You know, other parts of the team will get better. I love Bakaru Saka uh, in wide areas. Uh, Pepe now and William will offer Pepe some real threats. So I think when you look at a front three, Lacazette, Aubameyang and Saka or William or Pepe, that's kind of good. Centre midfield again is an issue for me. And when I say about making it better, to Tim's point about United, Granit Xhaka, you know, Genduzi at times, but they need somebody else in there. Um, and Meza Ozil, the blooming question, Rob, keeps coming back that apparently he's going to get another chance now to try and um, perform. So great improvement. Let me throw this one at you then. Um, Emiliano Martinez finished the end of the season, was in good form. Bert Leno, I think, is the club's number one, or will be seen. Who starts? Leno, Leno starts. I think it, I think I think with Martinez it's more that's more of a he's an in-house number two, he's a club guy. Um, everybody would, would be would be delighted for the way that, that worked out for him. And yes, now they know they have a guy who they can rely on if they need to. But but Leno, but Leno is the number one. You, you're Martinez. Are you happy being number two? Or would I it be cool if somebody else wanted you? I think there's talk about Villa might be looking at him and, and one or two others. Well, I don't think you're happy being number two. You should never be happy being number two. But in order to move away from Arsenal, where he's just had um, yeah. 
what he would consider a massive success in, in winning the cups. It's gonna it's gonna take yeah, it would take a villa to say, Hey, we want you to come in and be the number one for him to for him to to move on, whether it be on loan or not. Look, I think Aubameyang has to sign the contract and I, and I look at Mikel Arteta and he he will get time. Um, this team is going to be it's going to be a likeness of who he was as a player. He came to Everton having played up in Scotland at Rangers. He was a good tactical, technical footballer. And David Moyes said, son, if you're going to play here, you're going to have to roll up your sleeve. You're going to have to get sideline to sideline. You're going to have to tackle. And what did he become? All of that and then some. And so this this Arsenal team, as you both mentioned, they will take on his likeness, and I think he will get time. I also think of the recruitment process. Um, they've moved, they've sacked some of their lead scouts. They've moved more towards relationships with high-profile managers in terms of that's how, uh, excuse me, high-profile agents, and that's how, how they're going to bring in uh, some of the new signings. So I think he'll get time, and, and, and he should. Some exciting young players as well, Rob, I think, for, for Arsenal. I think Mikel Oboteta wants to leave those opportunities for the Sackers, the Inketias. Um, Maitland-Niles is coming towards the end of the season. Had, had a really good end of the season. I, I think there's an opportunity for some of the young players to get a little bit of time. Will yeah, and, and of course, those new defenders that, that he will hope will settle into the team because we know that Arsenal have been crying out for better central yeah. defenders over the last few years. If one of them can really come in and make a difference, you've got Kieran Tierney on the left-hand side. Whether Bellerin might leave, which I think you know the club are contemplating, Maitland-Niles can do that. You know, there's some good parts to it. And as Tim says, I think I think they realise now that they've got the right guy. And yeah. you know what? It takes time and years to, to to slowly build a team. And that's what we might be seeing, Rob, like, yeah. you know, stead, you know, we focus on centre-backs, you know, and slowly build it. But there's no question. Two or three-year project, isn't it, really? Two or three-year project. Two, yeah. two, well, challenging, but top four would be good. Yeah. Okay, let's, let's move it on, mate, because we've got one, one last burning question and it's one team that are going to create headlines whether they're top, middle, bottom or anywhere in between. Leeds United or back in the Premier League what can we expect from Leeds and Marcelo Bielsa? Fun. <laughs> Fun. I mean we, we know Bielsa is a eccentric manager um, much storied, many clubs, great jobs, great work ethic, crazy passionate about the club. I, I, we ain't got enough time to talk about Bielsa on here. The football will be expansive. They will be a possession-based team, Robbie, or they're going to try and play. You know, I watched a, quite a few of their games from last season already. Yeah. And and not a team, and I think this is, this is an important point, a small point, that, that get bogged down trying to fiddle out of the back, right at the back. I noticed that they're not they're not into that, which I think is a blimmin' good idea because Norwich City tried to do that and had success at times, but it's a, it's a recipe for disaster. <clears throat> They'll try and play a little bit higher up. Some good young players. Rodrigo, I think $33 million, is <clears throat> a Spanish international striker right now, I think, for the team. That's a good signing. And the, the biggest thing of this, Rob, and... and the shame of it all is the fans, and yeah. I'm so gutted that our our viewers on our on our network for for Leeds coming back in are not going to see the Leeds support. Yeah, yeah. It's off the charts. Uh, uh, one city, Newcastle. It's a shame. Like Newcastle, esque isn't it? They're, they're home or away, they're, they're supporting that team. I don't know when, it, when you played there, uh, Tim, but there was. I usually think there were a set of fans who get involved in the, in the game. 
they're giving you stick, you're hearing stuff, the banter's going. There's a you play against them, Tim. Were, you, were they because they're out of the league six? Did you play against Leeds? Yeah. So one so one season. So so my first season at Manchester, the, the rivalry was so heated oh, yeah. and passionate. And going to Ellen Road and and and, and hating Leeds and hating Dorkshire. Um it, it was it was so special to to experience that and then their fall from grace having just a few years earlier been in the Champions League semifinal and yeah. wasted all the money and then the relegation. And it's a shame to see that football club be away for so long. And then, as you said, they finally, finally get back into the Premier League in 2020, smacks us in the teeth. And, and once again, you know, there's, there's no fans there. Look, I think I think for me the question with Leeds and Bielsa teams is, will they be too expansive? It worked in the championship. My concern is when you start getting into Premier League, into the upper echelon of the Premier League, and you're expansive, you will get opened up and you will get exposed. And so they're going to have to figure out a way to counteract some of those things that they that – they, have been doing that they only know how to do. And maybe in certain games, yes, possession is good. But as you said, where where are they picking up possession? Is it higher up the field so that they're not leaving themselves exposed at the back? But it will be fun for sure. Yeah. Got to be good without the ball. Any team that comes up that they're yeah. going to stay in, you've got to be good without the ball. You've got to have a good defensive record. We've seen Sheffield United. We've seen Wolves do similar, come out and, and hold their own. And I think we're all hoping Leeds can, can get themselves to a decent start and... and, and survive and, and give yeah. us a story and when the fans come back they add something they bring something to the Premier League so mm. get all eyes on them okay guys time for our predictions time to put our neck on the line we're going to start off with the bottom end of the table so I want your three picks for the three teams you think will be heading to the championship come next May Robbie Mustard, I'll let you start first give Tim a bit of thinking so. <laughs> oh god well obviously we always say this, and of course we're going to do predictions in, in the preview, mm. but there is some time in the transfer market. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, this, could, this could change in the next few weeks. Anyway, oh dear. So sadly, um, I, I think Fulham uh, are going to struggle. I haven't done enough yet to change. You know, I, I'm not, again, like, the championship to the Premier League is such a, a, a jump in quality. I haven't seen Fulham... And West Brom, Robbie Earl, yeah. do enough yet. I know they've secured some players that are on loan, which has taken a lot of their money, but they haven't made the team yet significantly better. So I worry. Uh, and, and other teams that have that have improved and have done well and have proved themselves, like Brighton and Newcastle have done well. Um, so I have those two going down. The last one's a bit of a toss-up, um, but I'm going to go for Crystal Palace. Wow. Awful end to the season. Wow. Um, Eze from the Championship QPR is an exciting player, but it's the same strikers. Again, I know they're in for uh, Mishibachiwai that might make them better going forward. I just think, are they too stale? I know for a fact they're very old. It must be the oldest squad. A lot of old players, ageing players. I looked at their injuries right now, Robbie, or they've got seven injured players at the moment. A lot of defenders out, yeah. So, you know, I just feel Villa will... With what they've just done in the market, they're going to be okay. And I think Palace could have a bad, bad season. No, a certain lady who's not going to be happy. Oh, quickly. Like Tim, you're, you're bottom three. Any, any change on, on a Fulham, West Brom, Palace? Yeah, the full, Fulham for me goes yeah. down. Um, they're two, you know, I, play, I played there for moons, probably 13 years. And yeah. 
it, they're just a soft touch. It's a nice sunny day on the Thames, and, yeah. and everyone's eating. You get the whole entire backstand <laughs> as, as the away fans. It's, it's like a home game. Hey, they're not that nice. My last game, though, I had my blooming, my split my front lip there with some guy elbowed me in the face. They're not that nice. Yeah, but they listen, not, not the fool I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, I think they're, just, look, Scotty Parker will give them a bit of bite, and, he, and he's done that. But again, the difference between a championship and a Premier League is so high that you need more than just a bite. You need more quality. And I'm not sure that they, they've gotten enough in to get them over that line. Yeah. Villa, for me, uh, it, it also goes down. Here's why. It's tough. They they, they had they had that last-ditch effort at the end, and that's yeah. cool. And obviously that gave everybody um, – that filled everybody with, with some sort of promise and hope. But to have to go again, again, we talk about Liverpool at the top end, mm-hmm. right? Like, can they do it again? Same. With Villa, like they know what kind of pressure they're going to be under. They know how intense it's going to be to stay in the division. And that can be daunting. Look, does Jack Grealish stay? I think so. If he doesn't, forget yeah. about it. And also, again, for Jack Grealish, he basically has to be Superman. He's shown that. In the last two seasons, to get them up and to keep them in the division, he has had to be Superman. That is so difficult for a player um, to, to have to shoulder that load the entire season. Um, and then for me, lastly, is Brighton. Um, I know, I know they probably finished just outside yeah. uh, last season, but they don't seem to me to look like a club or a squad that's going to kick on. I think they'll be back into in, in the mire of mm. relegation for most of the season, and then that again that pay, that that takes its toll. And um, I think they got. I, I think they try and play good football. Uh, they are pretty solid at the back. They just don't have a lot going forward to, and you have to score goals in the Premier League. Mm. So, Tim, Fulham Villa Brighton, so he has Leeds and West Brom staying up. I've probably spent too much time with Mossy talking to Mossy. I, I go Fulham as well, as is you. I go West Brom Albion. I just think, I look through the squad, it looks very average all over. Um, love Slav and Bilic, but they had a bit of a challenge getting out of the championship. Weren't, des- weren't sure they were going to get top two at one point. Uh, so, I think they they struggle. And the one I'm going to throw in, my kind of Joker Wildcat is Southampton Football Club. Mm-hmm. I think might go this year. They got fifty-two points last year. They got fifty-two points. Basically, Danny Ings got them fifty-one of them, and they got <laughs> the points on their own. I mean, you took Danny Ings out of that team. You take ten of his goals out of those, those, yeah. those wins. Yeah. They're, they're, they're bottom three, and Paul Bear, who, who was an important player for them, I know he, he's been a little bit focused everywhere. I just think. Again, not enough transfer activity. Continue to sell players. Don't reinvest well enough. Although I like the manager, I just think they might have a struggle. Get off to a tough start. And I just think Southampton for me. So there we go on the team to go down. So let's go to the other end of the table. In no particular order, guys, I'll let you turn and start this one. Your top four teams, in no particular order, what team do you think will be the top four teams in the league? Um, look, I think that... I think Man, Man United will be in the top four. Um, Obviously, yeah. I mean, just just and barely because, I, look, I, I don't think I don't think the teams at five, six, and seven are mm. are, are strong enough to kick on, and and so it'll it, it'll be a bit of a fight. But I think they'll make the top four. Um, Man City will surely be in in the top four. I, I think um, Liverpool will be on the shadow of a doubt. Mm. Um, for you know, we we've talked we've talked over and over about them, but look, Chelsea for me is, is the is the one that I'm most excited about. You know, Chelsea is the one that I think could really make a challenge. 
and opened some eyes. They, they, they did well last year under Frank Lampard. Their signings have been nothing short of sensational. And if they come good, which we, we think they will, and they tweak a few things um, tactically at the back, they could be in with a shout. Musty, so you've got the two Manchester teams, Liverpool and Chelsea. Any additions, any subtractions? Can I, can I, can I entice you with it? What, you could entice me with a top one. You can, you, can, you, can, you can entice with the Spurs. Yeah. I just, like Tim says, Chelsea, boom, in. Liverpool, yeah. in. Yeah. The, the, the Manchester teams, City, yeah, in. United, yeah. you know, I, I still got to think they're going to be in. I, I have got a sneaky feeling for Spurs, but I'm going to keep them yeah. in fifth spot because I just think Josie's got one more little push this football club but we'll see but no same same as Tim in, in terms of top four what about you yeah I, I kind of was I, I was the same I, I'm just wondering if if somehow Chelsea if, if Spurs so Man City in Chelsea in Liverpool in I'm just wondering could Spurs if United don't start that well could, could Jose just do a little bit of that grindy way ahead of, 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 of United if, if, if it's a bad start for United and the pressure on Solskjaer and some of those young players don't quite perform yeah. early. I'll tell you what worries me when I think about United is, as we stand, Lindelof and Maguire against some of the best strikers, whether it's Mavino, yeah. whether, whether it's Aubameyang, whether it's Salah and Mane, whether, I just wonder defensively there if they can be got at the, the, that, that. I think I stick with my pick, United, but I, well, I hear what you're saying in regards to if Spurs hit the ground running, yeah, we're off into the ascendancy early on. Yeah. Or, let's address that one when, we've, when the window's done. But yeah, I'll go the same. So Man City, Man United, just uh, Liverpool and Chelsea. So from there, gentlemen, we have to pick a winner. Timothy Howard will let you go first, being as you're the guest on the show. Who, who wins it? Who wins the top? Liverpool, hands down. Uh, the, the gap that they've created, not only physically from a points total, but mentally, uh, they are going to be so hard to overcome. The other for the next Everton player, Liverpool. It pains, it, it pains me, and people know it pains me. But look, the facts are right in front of us. Liverpool, yeah. has, been, Liverpool has been untouchable in, in over the last two seasons, basically, and. Um, again, mentally, they are. There's going to be a team who who stumbles a little bit over the first couple of weeks, and they're going to think, "Bloody heck! How, how do how, how do we even catch Liverpool now?" I, I, I think mentally, they are in charge of of the Premier League. Mr. Mustard. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've kind of changed a little bit. I, I just, it's just for the reasons I gave earlier in the show, Rob. I, I just not quite feeling City at the moment, given what they're doing in the market. Now, if they bring a couple of players in, it can change very quickly. And as Tim said, the gap. And that consistency and that manager Liverpool, even though it, it probably won't be as, as, as dominant a season, um, yeah. I still feel that they're the team to be. And I don't see enough change or talk of players leaving or ageing players or mm-hmm. issues that it will be enough issues to stop them winning the league title. Yeah, well, I, I think it's going to be a full house because I... I... I, I was the same. I, I, I quite strongly think that the Liverpool can go back to back. I mean, in some ways, I was going to ask you both: Does going back to back is that more difficult than winning that first one? Is it going to? You know, only three teams have ever gone back to back in the whole history of the Premier League. So we know historically, teams 
for whatever reasons that don't do it, whether it's complacency, whether it's mentality, whether it's other teams get stronger. Is it the manager, Tim? Is Klopp special in that regard? Klopp will, yes, he is, but he will have to be special in mm. that regard. He he will be the catalyst for them going back to back. As I've spoken about before, it's so hard mentally to know two seasons ago they were almost there. Yeah. Right? They had we hadn't won it yet. They mm. still have a challenge. Mm. So as soon as they as soon as they finally get over the hurdle, you just exhale. It's natural. It's human nature. You exhale, and now it's like, oh my god, to do it again. I, I remember, you know, the players are gonna say, "I know what it felt like. I know what the next twelve months looks like." Yeah. Holy cow, that's daunting. Am I willing to do that again? Can I do that again? And for again, if any manager can get his will, his team to do it, it's it's club. So does that put them, Rob? Does that put them level with United in terms of top flight titles if they can win it? Might be. Yeah, I think that's maybe twenty. Yeah. 20, isn't it? They're 19 and that would take them to 20, I believe. Well, that might be another little motivation to, to yeah, try and make them do it. For sure. But, um, yeah, no, that's it. It's a full house for Liverpool to win it here. But we'll, we'll obviously redress this after the transfer window because, as we say, things could change if moves come, big players move in and out of, of, of certain teams. But Liverpool are full house to win it all. So, Mr Musto, I think that's time uh, to wrap things up as we get the return of the Premier League 2020-21 season. So, couple of questions out there. Can Liverpool go back to back? Can either of the Manchester teams have a say? Or will Chelsea's amount of money spent get them top of the pile? In North London, Spurs, Arsenal, who's the better of them? Can they get top four? And Leeds are back in the big time. Will it be one and done for Bielsa and these men? Or are they going to show us that they're back and ready to stay? We'll hope we'll have some of those answers. Our next podcast is on Sunday, September the 13th. So get that date. Sunday, September the 13th, when we'll look back on the opening weekend and start to answer some of those questions. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musto, together with the two Robbies. We've had a sprinkling of what I call American football royalty with us today. <laughs> back to Tim Howard. Thanks, Tim, for joining in, and we'll hopefully hear from you over the course of the season. So thanks for watching and listening. Stay safe and stay healthy. It's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good, good night. night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.